Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Season 2 of Darkness is a six-episode podcast examining a series of package bombs that exploded at homes throughout the Austin, Texas area in 2018. The bombs killed three people and injured six more over a period of nearly 20 days, causing fear to envelop the city during Austin's biggest festival. Hosted by Ashley Miznazi and produced by the Drag Audio Production House, you'll hear emotional stories of resilience from the survivors of these crimes, accounts of pain and recovery from the victims' loved ones, and the questions they still have three years later. The podcast takes a closer look at the efforts of law enforcement officials who work to stop the bloodshed, with interviews with the lead investigators for the FBI, ATF, and Austin police. You'll also hear about how the bombings exposed Austin's racial wounds as members of Austin's black community felt they were being targeted by the bomber and ignored by investigators. Listen to season two of Darkness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, listeners, and a special hey. Hey. Hi. Ho. And hello. 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 To all you patrons out there. Ben, quick test. For those people that want to support us in perpetuity, you know, because they like the dope shit that we're doing all over the internet, how can they support us? Um, You could sign up on Patreon inside the show notes. Give us a dollar per episode or give us a dollar a month. Give us a dollar a year. I don't think you can do that, but you could. Yeah, give give us your money. (laughs) <laughs> or don't, or not give us our money, or give us a a seven star review on Apple uh, Podcast Ratings. A five star, you're five, almost there. Five star review on yes. Apple Podcast Ratings. I like seven. Don't. We are going to mug you at an ATM, so get it together. Just kidding. We really appreciate all you amazing patrons out there. We just had one patron join the party. Shout out to Whoa. Sabrina Thompson. Sabrina, e- welcome to the family, and you left us a nice little message, so we'll be returning that message as well, but we appreciate you, Sabrina, and all you patrons out there, and speaking of which, we have chosen our monthly giveaway winner, and the winner is... Oh, that's cute. The winner is Kendra Wright. Kendra, you know we've been a fan of yours for a really long time. I, I remember you used to hop on those Ask Amber calls. Um, I, I, I'm going to bring that back at some point. But you right should. now, I can't even sit up straight without yeah. multiple cushions and things like that. Well, you so, can't really put a wig on right now with your hair. Oh, yeah, that part. Too. I mean, you know, I would still put the wig over the braids. You would, you would find a way. Because that's who I am. Wigs find a way. But Kendra, we really appreciate you. And thank you, everybody out there who is supporting the Sci-Fi Side podcast. Now let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Side under the Believe Podcast Network. It's a podcast about black science fiction, fantasy, and staying on the same page in our marriage. Today for episode 79, we watched <laughs> we watched a film made by Disney. I, I feel bad calling it a Disney film. There's something about that just don't sit right with me. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. We watched the Disney film, A Wrinkle in Time, or as my grandma would say, A Wrinkle in Time. And it was directed by Ava DuVernay, who we love. Through and through. Before we get started talking about this film that was made by Disney, let's check in, Ben. Let's tap in. How you feeling today, baby boy? I feel amazing. 
you've started me on a declutter journey that probably won't ever end. <laughs> and I'm very <laughs> Why satisfied. Are you being fake? Why are you being fake? I, what do you mean? I, I already feel my life having more time to think and my brain having more space to think because we've gotten rid of so much stuff. I've gotten rid of books that I've read and I won't reread. Um, I'm only keeping the books that I'll refer back to. It's great. I'm, you know, today I'm probably going to finish a book and hand it off to someone. It's a great book. It's amazing. And I don't need to read it again, you know, just, yeah. And, and there's library books too. So, or if you want to reread it, there's a way to get it back. Like it's, yeah. but books are so heavy. Like when we're trying to move and they're, they're everywhere. You know, we have mm-hmm. many, I'm looking at a stack of library books right now in that corner. I'm looking at books on our sideboard table, um, signing up with Ben, <laughs> signing up with Ben, being married to Ben means there are constantly books everywhere. And I'm constantly reading it, reading, you know, it was so funny because we had a big blow up. Right. We mm-hmm. so Amber hired a declutter specialist, came for about five hours, uh, and it was amazing. We worked very hard and I ended up filling uh two like carfuls, like SUV carfuls of things to get rid of. And so I return all this stuff and I had also gotten like a stack of six manga books from the library through the interlibrary loan system called Pluto. Uh, I'm showing it right here. Amazing. So good. And, you know, I read Pluto's manga. the book, not the system, for those of you who are not watching yeah, yeah. YouTube. Uh, and Pluto is the name of the book. Uh, and I re- will, like, read manga, like, you know, eat, like, candy. You know, how some people eat candy. Mm-hmm. Like you, like your peach rings. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I clear out everything and I bring home these five books and I take out these five books after we spend the whole day cleaning and get rid of stuff for this baby. And you lost it. You I fucking lost it. Lost lost it. You're I like, mean, what the fuck is wrong with you? We just spent the whole day. And I was like, they're, they're just library books. And I realized that it was a, a failure of philosophical like mindsetting, you know? Well, it, I mean, it, not even two hours after the declutter specialist left, you were bringing more clutter into the home. And people can say, like, well, Amber, it's just library books. Ben thinks he owns library books. That's the one. The one is that Ben re- recently returned some library books that he rented in, I don't know, August, maybe, of I last read year. You read them, but then they stay with us, collect dust, and, you know, thankfully Chicago doesn't do late fees anymore, or we'd be paying those. So there's this level of, like, it's like when you borrow a top from a friend. That's that's how Ben looks at the library. It's like, am I going to give this top back to my friend? Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But it's here, and I didn't buy it. So technically, it's not a big deal. But after spending hours decluttering our home, he had the audacity to go come back from the trip where he donated all the things with more, in my mind, what was clutter. Because we are just so close to having this baby that it's like, where where's all this free time that you feel like you're going to have? to just sit and read like we need to be in super baby mode right now and then to add insult to injury you didn't just get one book you got six so it was like i really hate this bitch like what you were like well she gonna be mad anyway so i might as well get six books instead of i also got two um dvds that i didn't want to rent on amazon prime it's like for what well well one you can't actually access at all uh let me show you 
This is actually like a, a fantasy, an African fantasy. They can't hear you. Just uh, talk into the mic. Oh, yeah. This is an African fantasy called Yelene. And you can't stream it anywhere. It's almost like Sankofa. And so I've been wanting to watch this forever, forever. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll also get this on library, interlibrary loan. And they sort of all came at once. And it just happened to be that the day I picked these up was also the day we were decluttering. So that was not a good day. And I was like trying to justify my behavior. And then later I went out with some drinks with some work friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of them wanted to be a declutter specialist, and she tore my ass a new one. Yay, thank you. She, she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? If you are someone who works with Ben, I feel like the ladies at Ben's job always gather him. I really appreciate that, because it's not just about the books. It's not just about like their library. It's not just about, like, but he's a reader. You knew that. It's really about, like... I had a moment where I was like, we don't need a declutter specialist. We need a therapist that he feels. It's the, a mindset. Yeah. Thing. He, that he feels the like day books. that we parted with things, the itch to bring things back in. And as somebody books. who's been, I think books specifically, it's a, but, it's but, a you, book. but you also brought DVDs in. So we, it's not just books. That's the one, the two, yeah. let me finish the statement. Fair. As someone who watches a lot of reality TV, I've seen hoarders. Okay. So I've seen when the people come to take, the the hoarder person's stuff and there's this breakdown of like but what if i need this what they, they justify every single thing and that's what you do with clutter ben you'll be like well that was a candle that a student who i actually hated gave me five years ago at this school that that actually is no longer existing so i should keep that you will find a way to be like oh well that is a picture of a rattlesnake that i stepped on almost 12 years ago it's like Okay, but do one we of those need statements this in are our true. daughter's room? Like <laughs> one of those statements are true. And then to really add insult to injury, I I went in our child's room. You know, we're prepping for this beautiful little lamb, and I saw some of Ben's books on her shelf, and that's when I just went ape shit. So I just you know, then I ran to Sonic, got a uh, a strawberry slushy <laughs> like I do, and I felt a lot better. But I I will not. And this is what Ben also does since we're talking about all our problems. You will justify your bullshit with the baby now. You'll be like, well, this is a book I can read with her. Oh, no, bitch. <laughs> don't do not do that. She She's not reading six manga books. These are for you. You might read the book to her, but like that's that's not going to be the new scapegoat. I'm sure I'm sure people who are like parents are like, oh, yeah, that's what they do. Like, you'll be like, this this isn't even for me. It's for me and Wild to read together. No, it's for you. Fair. In other news. But you got your shit together. So in other news, I admitted I was wrong. So, yeah. What did the ladies at work tell you? Uh, They told me that on that day, I should have kept the books and inside the um inside the car i should have yeah, hid them from you for me for because hours. She, her point was that i had betrayed like the philosophical mindset the mindset to remove things from the house and bringing things in the house was a betrayal of that you know unwritten agreement especially after you spend an entire day and and a fair bit of money mm-hmm. h- hiring someone to help you and that just was not fair for you and and she 
Well, I it love, made me feel like the minute this woman left, you're going to go back to your old right, ways. Right, exactly. So there's a level of like, and, oh, and, no. We and they therapy. said the same They said the same exact thing to me. It was so fantastic to interact with people who are very different than you, which is why I think everyone should have friends and people who are different with you and go out to drinks with them occasionally. So yeah. it was cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, well, what, they, what they happened? Got, they got in your it? ass about that stroller, too. Oh, yes. Uh, so I, <laughs> you know, I I work in a field where like, you know, I think like 90% of the people who work there are women. I think there are out of like 40 or 50 people employed at the school, maybe six are men. Uh, so I think you've said you're a teacher on the show before. Yeah, yeah. As a teacher, like, why are yeah. you talking so? Well, I think I think people don't. I think people don't. No, it's not a mysterious field. Yeah, yeah. I am actually a stripper, and about I was like, I was like, forty why are you out of my coworkers. It's not a broth. I know. Well, I'm just saying. You're like, well, sound, there are ninety percent women, and uh, just like a I think few the men. tips would be a little bit better in the brothel, <laughs> to be honest. God, I'm only saying that because we've been watching Game of Thrones, so I'm just like, oh yeah, I've got like whorehouses on my mind, obviously. But keep going. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, oh yeah, and then uh, a lot of my coworkers have had children, and it's always fun, like talking to them and trying to get their perspective. And one of them said, "You need to get a doona." I was like, "Okay, what's a doona?" And I had sort of cut the corners with a cheaper stroller and not a cheaper, but a stroller that was not as expensive. And this. Yeah, one... yeah that's what cheaper means. <laughs> and it's not cheaper. It's, it's just not. As so expensive. I decided okay. to, to buy this stroller called a Duna that collapses into a, um, a car seat as well. So that's coming in and, and, so I'll have the running stroller, but then I'll have a very like compactable car seat with, um, as a stroller, it'll be, make traveling way easier for us as well. And then we'll so have we all have the back two room. Strollers. We have two strollers, for one for one, running. For one child. Well, maybe yeah. you'll get pregnant right let away. Let me no, no, let me let me Irish keep, twins or something. No, we're not doing that. L- let me keep that declutter specialist number on file because this is how this is how it starts. You, you walk into the store for one pair of shoes, you leave with three. You know how you are, but I love you, and you you heard me out on that issue, and you've you know as we've said week after week, you've been stepping it up because today, this this will probably be the last episode that Ben and I before we become parents um we are super excited to give y'all some content the rest of the month because we did some interviews but this will be like the last like i just can't even sit up past an hour like i got the pillows behind me and this baby is coming but it's just so I i was telling ben this earlier it's so hard near the end because everybody is in your face being like but just surrender but just accept that it's gonna happen any day now it's like that's so easy for you to say. Like, I feel somebody's full head on my bladder right now. And it's very challenging. And um, unless, unless you, like, I'm not trying to be like, unless you've been there, you don't know. But that, that's, that's really how it feels. It's like, near the end, the most frustrating thing to hear is everybody being positive around you. You're just like, I need you to just let me vent. Mm. I need you to just let me lie like an animal. Like, Think about what an animal does before they have birth. They're just lying there. Like, yeah. I am an animal. Sure. So let me just lie and moan and wail, and you've been doing a great job of that. Ben hasn't been coming at me with the toxic positivity, but, like, you know, 
other people have. Anyway, speaking of not toxic positivity, what we got, man? We have an Apple Podcast rating. Someone wrote something very nice about us. Would you like to read it, or you want me to read it? I'll read it. Let me get in my uh, voiceover voice. I knew I liked sci-fi, but now I realize I truly love it. That's the title. This is a five-star rating. So, boom. I've been obsessed with you guys since I first saw you on TikTok, and I just figured I would give the podcast a try because it's a favorite pastime of mine. A few months later, and I'm still here. Love emoji. As a team, you really do a good job with balancing love slash life with a true passion for the sci-fi world. I'm not a horror fan, but I love to hear the breakdowns through your eyes. Keep up the great work, and I hope Wild knows her parents are super cool. Mm, thank you, K Natural One Hundred One. Uh, that was really nice and mm. inspiring. Y'all just don't understand how that be making a bitch feel. And um, I K hit me up on Instagram, so appreciate you, sis and. Y'all, just keep those Apple Podcast ratings going. Ben's going to read them to me when I go into labor. So I will. <laughs> right. It'll so. be very inspiring. It will. Just be like, baby push. But also, K Natural 101 says, <laughs> I love the show. <laughs> Uh, so now we're going to have go back to that little The patrons segment, have a point. That little segment where we talk about how the patrons got a point about something. So I'm, I'm trying to do a better job just talking to the patrons. And so to the patrons and to Instagram, I asked last week about what was that drink that you had as a 21-year-old that you used to order. I know you said it was like a stout. And I said all those sugary like Moscato, yeah. Amaretta Sour, uh, sex on the beach and all that. So what is something that the patrons said we should, we should share and talk about? This was based on last episode where we watched 20-something on Spark Shorts. Yes. And so Taylor wrote Bel Air and beer. And I was like, what? I had no idea what Bel Air is. And I went down a crazy Google hole, like learning about Bel Air. A Google hole. A I, Google that's not hole. what I thought you were about to say. I went down a Google hole. I put my head up into a Google hole Ooh. and looked around and just swiggled and licked and oh. slobbered the information. You ready okay. You ready to hear what I found, Amber? Please, because that visual is killing you, girl. Okay, so basically, there's this whole thing, obviously, where rappers take a drink okay. and they popularize it. And so Bel Air became like really popular in like 2015 because Rick Ross made it a point to rap about Bel Air every so often. It's like a sparkling wine. And mm. so um, here's, here's a Rick Ross line. Bel Air on my table. I talk it, then I live it. Walking around in my motherfucking Bel Air rosé. Cartier frames. Bel Air on my breath. Sipping rosé with rosé and it's Bel Air. Uh, this is all. Just, how many times can you say Bel Air? It's like um, in the contract, they were they were like, you have to say it six times, right? dude. And and it gets even nuts because there was these groups of people called the Black Bottle Boys, and this group included like Little Dirk and DJ Khaled, and they little all <laughs> they all Little Dirk, Little Dirk, and, and they Khaled. and mm. DJ disc jockey Khaled, <laughs> Fool. and they Fool. all drank Bel Air. It was like this movement to have everyone drink Bel Air. Now, they know their asses they ain't drinking Bel Air. That's so funny because, I, you know, after the Oscar slap, which we will not talk about, 
because I think everybody, everybody is tired of the conversation. I mean, I don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> anymore. Right. But I think we've heard the word Bel Air all week at, oh, referring yeah. to the yeah. Prince of Bel Air. So yeah. it's really nice to sort of like reframe that. But I have never drank Bel Air. So maybe after this baby comes, we should give that a spin. Yeah. And listen to some Rick Ross as we drink. Sure. <laughs> Not young Richard Ross. Uh, you ready for a break? You ready I for a pee break? For, I oh, you got to pee. She's got to pee like every sixteen minutes on the dot. You know my heart. Let's take a and quick your break. bladder. And my bladder. I know your heart and your bladder. Your child is kicking me. It's like I, I'm looking at you, but I hate you. You know. But I kind of felt that way before the. Ch- <laughs> Let's take a break. Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves, to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible, and it focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward your goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons that help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight users finished the program and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe. And we're back, and I'm black. So, we watched. We we had a listener suggestion. We tried to ignore the reviews, mm-hmm. and we decided to watch the beloved adaptation. Uh, ad- thank you. No, the beloved a a blood of a no a we, blood. <laughs> we decided to. How can I put beloved? Mm. We decided to watch an adaptation of a beloved book. Yes. A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lingle. 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 Um, and so, and, and I think we all read A Wrinkle in Time as kids. Did you read it? Yeah, and I read the other books as well, which I don't remember the name. But mm. I remember how they made me feel, oh. which was the world is so big and vast. And yeah, it was fantastic. So, Ben, why don't you give a quick summary of the, I guess, movie and book, and then we'll get into some essential questions, and sure. we'll do our whole shebang. We're going to be diplomats about the shit, but yeah. but it's it was rough. We will, we will not, I cannot live a lie. So, go ahead, babe. Uh, basic summary, a physics father discovers a way to bend time, and... <laughs> what, I'm sorry, what the fuck is a physics father? A father who is a... Who's a <laughs> Physicist. A father who is a physicist discovers a way to bend time. That's funny. Like, my dad's a postal worker, so that would be like you say, a postal father. A postal father (laughs) who's gone postal. 
Um, Sorry, I cut you off. That was just funny to me. Perhaps our explanation of this might be as worse as the movie. Uh, He's disappeared, and uh, his daughter, an adopted son, goes searching for him, Mm -hmm. and also some kid named Calvin from school. Mm -hmm. They are assisted by these, like, universal fairies, Mm -hmm. uh, and they have to battle some nebulous evil called the it correct also referred to as the darkness not the man which is playing in chicago soon the darkness focus okay uh that's that's (laughs) the summary of the film that's that's all i got okay so here are some things that we thought you know it's funny because nowadays a telltale sign of something potentially being a train wreck is an all-star cast Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like this is too good to be true. And then you're like, yep, it is. So what we really looked forward to were the three fairies, right? Mrs. Yep. What's it, Mrs. Who's it and Mrs. Witch. And they were like a big part of the book as well. I remember as kids and these three women were played by Mrs. What's it was played by Reese Witherspoon. I mean, when have we ever seen her choke just this film? Well, she Sweet did Home Alabama. Well, oh, some people love Sweet Home Alabama. You better get your ass out of here. I love Sweet Home Alabama. You don't like Sweet Home Alabama? I've seen it so many times that it starts becoming That's because you love meaningless. it. You don't like Sweet Home Alabama? What's your favorite Reese Witherspoon movie? Um, I That's the only one I can think of. What? Ben, what? Oh, <laughs> um, probably uh, I w- Walk the Line. Oh, that's another good one too. But Legally Blonde, that's like a given. Oh yeah. But also Legally Blonde too was terrible. As well. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll give you that. But Reese Witherspoon, she don't miss, and this was a miss. So Reese Witherspoon played Mrs. What's It. Mindy Kaling played Mrs. Who's It, and Oprah Winfrey played Mrs. Witch. Did I get those right? I think so. Oh, oh, she was also in Mud. I really liked Mud. Right. Well, and and we love Mindy Kaling. If you're, you know, you know, I love The Office. So that's where we first ran into Mindy Kaling. And she's been doing a lot of great work in comedy as more so as a writer now than an actor. And then Oprah Winfrey. I mean, she don't miss either from her shows to her hustle to the color purple. Oprah does not miss. So you would assume and you saw their costumes going into it. So you would assume like, okay, you, you we lobbed it in there because you got three people. But this, the, this setup almost felt like a joke. It was like an Indian, a black, and a white girl walk into a bar. It's like, it, it was just like, well, why don't we just do all of the racial checks for diversity, get some big Hollywood names, put them in fabulous costumes, and it'll just come together. And that's just... Not how shit works, yeah. ever. And then you have a young Storm Reed, who we now know is a incredible performer, Euphoria and the like, but this was her first movie. And then Chris Pine played the dad, correct? Chris Pine? Yeah. yeah. Who, I, who I know and love from Princess Diaries 2. Yep. <laughs> uh, so what... what do you want to talk about some essential qu- questions that the film was trying to answer? Or do you want to talk about like where it went wrong? Well, I think mean, that was your first impression that the introduction of the characters were incredibly weak. Uh, they, I, I think within 20 minutes I got up and started doing dishes 
yeah. the house and and Ben don't like to do this at, at one do, point I was like oh I have to use the bathroom and you're like you want me to pause it nope <laughs> nope just keep oh my letting gosh. it play well okay here's a big well this is going to get us into an essential questions because we're kind of talking around a little bit so the movie centers Meg played by Storm Reed and her father has abandoned her and it's been four years since his abandonment and so they're trying to really do this thing where they're showing Meg as a troubled child. Now, right. I am a former high school teacher, and you are a current middle school teacher. And we know what troubled children and can look like. we know what troubled children can look like. So, Ben, why don't you paint a picture? Obviously, you can, you can, you can say the name of the children if you'd like to. <laughs> Just kidding. But why don't you just sort of describe some behaviors that you typically see out of children that are troubled at school yeah it, any it, very right. level of trouble and it very it varies because every kid is different but you do have uh, one kind of child who might miss a lot of school and when they come truancy they're, right they're, they're alienated so they don't really talk to a lot of people they're very quiet and their their grades drop like apathetic and, yeah so and also there's they're quiet so that's one group the other group is they come in um, they're very, you know, they're aggressive, they interrupt, um, they, you know, get into fights, uh, they are rude, disrespectful, um, they don't have materials with them, and usually it's a, um, especially if a kid is, you start to see a change, uh, yes. you'll, you'll see it gradually, or they start to sit, they try to sit next to a different group of kids that they might have started to associate more closely, and so we, we know what kids who are going through trouble or or they might at or it they might start asking questions right they might start asking different kinds of questions so they might not be disrespectful or anything they just might ask a question about abuse or you know i i'm a social studies teacher so uh, we're learning about black panthers and towards the end of um uh huey's life he became a really violent abusive drug dealer and so you know, a, a question might come up from that and you sort of log that in the back of your mind, like the kid asks a, a more probing question. It could be just curiosity or it could be a reflection of something they might be going through. Anyway, um, so yeah, there are all these alert. And we were watching uh, The Atom Project and the kid in there is just a badass kid. Like he's just a bad fucking kid. Yeah, he's a little asshole. He's an asshole. He's getting bullied at school and things like that, but there are some... Yeah. He is another one. You know, I don't want to spoil that plot either, but he's going through something similar as Meg and his behavior definitely has a, been affected by that. So, Absolutely. And same thing with um, I Kill Giants. If you ever see the movie I Kill Giants, this, the girl in there is a bully. She ends up slapping the school therapist at one point. Um, and you, you really see like these films, I Kill Giants and The Atom Project, how a traumatic life event, especially with... Uh, the loss of a parent or the potential loss of a parent can really affect you. And we do not get this in a wrinkle in time. And I think they're trying to explore this question of like, what happens when support systems are removed from, from a kid and they do a terrible job of yeah. exploring it. Well, because you, you start the movie really helpful. Actually there's, um, there's a little girl and she's doing scientific inquiry with her father and you know obviously it's beautiful obviously for ben right now he, he you, you kind of got you were like oh my god yeah it was like, so I, cute I, this that, is literally the life the first I dream like of three minutes was so cool yeah ben was in his feelings and so we see this very curious inspiring child and then four years later we're we're seeing a child who is being bullied by people 
because her father is, has disappeared. We don't really, you know, air quote, know what happened to him, but he has abandoned her. And so then you're seeing her being bullied. Like the bullies left a message on her locker saying like, we wish you would disappear too. It's like, is she troubled or is this bully group troubled? Like we're like anybody would have a negative response to that. So they, they did a horrible job showing uh, Meg as a troubled child. And it really did seem like everybody around Meg were, were way more troubled from the principal to this group of girls that were bullying her. Yeah. And then she had this younger brother who was adopted, who was sort of just like described as being weird and, and but he wasn't that strange. He was a smart kid, but you know, it, it, it was very clear that the directors or whoever wrote the directors, the director or whoever wrote the screenplay or whatever had, had just not been around children or just were not well, aware. Well, that's not true because the, the screenwriters are really well known. They one of them did Frozen, the Frozen movies. Like that. Yeah, but ain't no right. Well, okay. So they I was, know. I was about to say ain't no kids in Frozen, but I guess they're they are. But it was written for kids, and they pull kids in. Like the yeah, the screenwriters are amazing. Ava uh, Duvernay is amazing. So I'm sort of just questioning where this film went wrong. But you know what? Here's the thing. When I think about it. Ava does, <laughs> this sounds really mean because I don't want to put her in the Lena Waithe category, but she does drama and trauma really well. Like, is that fucked up to say? Well, like, what's well, traumatic when, to like, lose a parent? Like, why, how? Yeah, but there, we didn't experience the effect of that trauma as an audience member. Whereas, yeah, I mean, look up Ava's resume. The last couple yeah, things, 13, she did When They Selma, See Us, which was incredible. Us. 13th was incredible. Selma was incredible. So she does black people resilience and i mean sadly you know trauma that that is she's in the pocket with that you know what i'm saying and and not in a way that in a in a restorative way i'll say Mm -hmm. i think which in the past the criticism of you know we talked about them the criticism of little marvin and lena waith is like y'all just haphazardly uh, discard black bodies and show struggle love whereas Ava has more intentionality when she does those things I will say but this this Disney kids movie just felt very out of left field for her she's also I mean she's doing another like science fiction show right now Naomi she's okay. the co-creator on that and that's gotten like rave reviews so it's nice to see that someone really talented could have a terrible awful flop yes and she's allowed to have that yeah we're we're all gonna have a flop but when i think about you know sometimes what these film companies do is like look we'll just get a black director any black director give them half the budget and then go forth and conquer and that's kind of not what happened here i think she still had like a 100 million dollar budget and it just didn't do well the soundtrack wasn't even good yeah, I was then, like, the music could have carried y'all halfway. Or I was like, I've never seen Reese Witherspoon miscast. And she was v- definitely miscasting this. Mindy Kaling, you, you got a comedian who didn't tell one joke. Yep. What the hell is going on with y'all? Or in the person who did the the music, um, he does West. He did the music for Westworld and Game of Thrones. Raman uh, Dejawadi, mispronouncing his name. So I... Yeah, no, no excuse, no excuse. Uh, I guess like some other themes they're trying to show was this expansive universe, and I'm just tired of how they're showing like quick travel or like 
uh, where you can move from one place to another. So think of it this way, it, the ability to bend time. They've shown this image on Stranger Things. It shows up a time and time again in like science fiction novels. Yeah, but imagine it. Yeah, imagine a piece of paper, put uh, two dots on one side of the paper and then fold the paper. And then that's how you can move from point A to point B very, very quickly. If you have some, you know, some ability to to manipulate time and And, and that image shows up during the presentation and it was just these monologues were so stupid and so boring and they tried to boring it was just boring and and the world building wasn't there i was like i'm watching this a lot of computer uh generated what is cgi and they're i can tell they thought we were gonna feel like we were watching like james cameron's avatar you know they're yeah. like, oh, we did it with this. Look at these daisies. And I was like, friend, you actually didn't do it with this. Like, this doesn't feel like Peter Pan's Neverland. Like, this feels very just generic and derivative. And we don't even really know who these characters are. Yeah. So we're trying to care or, about or them. Or what they're trying. They're trying to stop this thing called the it. And the it is like everything evil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and the good. way that they yeah. show everything evil is the principal of the school where Meg goes to gets a promotion above these other two teachers. And he's like a black guy in a scientist. <laughs> yeah, and I that's like, like, and they have this emotional music in the background. And then the other image is the bully, Meg's bully, like having a Pretty Hurts moment, like a Beyonce Pretty Hurts moment where she is like not liking her body. And I, I get it, like and those a, things and are real, but... They're saying that the it is the most evil, evil thing, thing in yeah. the world yeah it's like you know, this it's cosmic like, evil which you could have showed but it's like damn a black man get a promotion at work that's the most evil thing in the world everybody hating on this man which is evil it's they're like slightly tapping on racism and uh, jealousy but one of the co-workers that was jealous of him was a black woman so it was like well internalized maybe we're reading in we could read into it as internalized racism is a it's a big evil that's <laughs> encapsulating the world it was, was like the biggest evil of the world is internalized racism y'all uh, missed the mark on that baby they and okay so they end up traveling to a place called like casanova or something uh which is uh, the Kaza, place Kaza, Kaza. i don't even remember i was probably <laughs> taking a shit oh my so God. they they moved to this place and this is where i guess the it resides maybe and they go into this very creepy suburban home area. Yeah. And there are all these children like bouncing balls. And it's very terrifying. But the music doesn't match this terrible image. And I was like, oh, you could have had this incredible um, uh, horror moment. And they didn't. And you know what else? I Now when I think back, that scene was what was the trailer for, like, if you look up the trailer for A Wrinkle in Time, I remember years ago that was what started. And it was like, ooh, what is this very creepy, like, all children bouncing balls and all these moms coming out in the same time and this, like, you know, little boxes, white suburbia nightmare. And that scene went the fuck nowhere. Like, it added nothing. It took away nothing. It was just visually stunning. And they thought that, it's like, oh, you thought you did something with that. It's like when you see somebody, like, on TikTok, like really thought they ate that. And it was like, damn, that, no, we actually wanted more of that. That's creepy. That's chilling. Like to show that the it 
I don't know, like makes everything in this universe the same or something like that. I was like, what was the purpose of that scene? Like when we look back and think about it or, I, and then in the next scene, there was like a super overcrowded beach. I was like, okay, I can at least also get with terrifying. that. An overcrowded beach is quite yeah. <laughs> evil. Like someone getting murdered in the middle of a overcrowded beach. It sounds a pretty, like a pretty terrifying concept. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think we can sort of, go into the size which we've already oh, the whole gotten thing into is a goddamn size. if you really enjoyed this movie i would actually like to hear like what parts kept your attention because you cannot convince me that this movie was easy to watch like if we didn't have to watch it for the show or 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 maybe if you're a kid you're like oh this is really cool but i'm sure even your kid tapped out at some point well, of this one of my eighth graders she read a wrinkle in time recently and she watched the movie she loved the movie Loved it. Yeah, I think is what I think maybe. What did, you ask her? did you ask her like? What yeah, did you I was about? like, uh, I asked her. She's like, oh, I just loved how it like explored like all this like weird magical world. And I think if if you've never been introduced to like cosmic horror, so there's a cosmic horror element to this. I think. Explain to me what cosmic horror. Cosmic horror, horror is. is the Eldritch, the the thing so imaginally evil that it. Um, defies any explanation. So H.P. Lovecraft was the master of that, um, you know, creepy, crawly things. And so the whole a moment when they're inside the brain and you see the tendrils and stuff, that is, that's an element of cosmic horror. And I think if you're, if you're also a middle schooler who, you know, feel, feels bullied, you feel alienated, you could really see yourself in this. And I think Calvin and Meg's, you know, love loves i mean there's nothing to get to (laughs) but i think their love story might you know mean a little um and if i could see why an eighth grader would like it interesting you're but you're also saying an eighth grader who has not seen this before yeah maybe if they haven't seen this before but but we were the kids raised on like labyrinth and harry potter yeah labyrinth harry potter like like, it's like you actually could have done what that did. I think watching I Kill Giants and The Atom Project, I think also because it's a um, a black girl as the center of the story, it, this, this student I'm talking about is is a black girl. I think her seeing herself in that. Of course. Um, as well. And I don't it, want to discredit yeah. that. That, so that is very important. There are elements of that that I think would attract a child to like yeah. this film. A child doesn't have the wherewithal of like, no, that is like Miss Sophia being played poorly in this. I, I mean, Oprah Winfrey fit more than the other two Mrs. Who's it, like Mrs. Yeah. What's it, I will say. But Big Oprah was cool. She like, <laughs> like really tall. Can you explain what you're saying instead of, because so if you haven't seen this, it probably oh, yeah. sounds like so, you're like body shaming So basically Oprah. these, <laughs> not, oh, yeah. not Big O. Uh, <laughs> The universal, so the universe can sort of fuse itself to. Oh, Zach Galifianakis showed up. He was as well. great too. Like, I don't. He had a man bun and some and some braids, some yeah. feet in braids. I guess I was like, what is happening? Witherspoon. So the universe can sort funny. of move itself together, and when it does and presents itself as a human, sometimes it doesn't fully know like the right proportions, and so Oprah Winfrey ends up coming first as like a massive giant like very very tall which is cool it could have gave us like you know the alice in wonderland vibes but it yeah it was just like oh she's big okay like 
There was nothing more. Well, I'm ready to warp up the show. Uh, I don't know if you're ready to warp up the show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, can I talk about how useless Calvin was? Oh, yeah. I've never seen a more useless white boy in my life. Like, they they really... I'm just saying, they, they typically stack these white characters. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, a nice, blue-eyed white boy typically has, like, the best lines and the best, like, hair flip transitions... Am I off beat with that? No, that's so funny. White boys get all the best lines. Like they're they're always like the heartthrob in the well, movie. Well, maybe consider this film as reparations. <laughs> Calvin literally legit did not have no lines. Like and I think he I think he commented on Meg's hair. Yes, and that was the only hair. thing he liked about her. He was like, I like your hair. I was like, what? And and he was kind of like being weird and smoldering. It's like, wait, so you're gonna just come to somebody's house, have dinner with them? Oh, that's another thing. Sit up. <laughs> you can't sit up. I'm almost you're running around. <laughs> I've been I've been working ben is today. So pregnant, y'all. Bless his heart. No, I'm not pregnant. I I did do a lot of work today. You did. My back did. is a little sore. So well, let me say this. So there's a scene. Oh, I know we're all over the place. There's a scene where. What okay? So one of the fairies break into Meg's house, Mrs. What's it, aka Reese Witherspoon. Oh, at one when time. we're first introduced to yes. the concept of the fairies, yeah. And picture this: picture a, a, a stranger breaking into your house, and Meg's mom is just kind of like, "Who are you? Well, why are you here?" Amber would be like, "Get the fuck out!" Right? Of here. I'm like, just like, "Uh-uh, be out!" Like, "Who the like, fuck are?" I'm calling yeah, the cops. I'm like, calling the cops right now. Like, like that just was. Everything felt so counter to how humans behave when their spaces trespassed, when they're troubled. It, it was like, who wrote this? Not humans, because a human being would flip out, even if it was a fairy, even if it was a nice little redheaded white lady. Anybody would what? flip out if somebody random came in their house. And what I just needed a bigger reaction out of that mother. Like, I was yeah. like, there is no world where a stranger could just break into your house and you're like, completely welcoming of them that's the one and the two calvin calvin similarly just comes over one day for dinner and now he's invited to go to like the edge of the universe with meg and literally the only thing he actually likes about her is her hair he fully fetishized her the whole movie well i can't even say that because he only had about four lines so i, I don't i don't know he, who he is why he's there they tried to show one scene where calvin's dad was like you know giving him a tongue lashing because he got an 82 on a test. But even that fell flat because we were like, we don't know who Calvin is. And I guess that was a symbol of the greatest evil, the darkness, the it. Yes. That's the it. The doing greatest that. evil in the world is an 82 percent is on a getting test. chewed out by your parents for a low grade, which for again, for a middle school, that feels like the greatest evil like it this. Does. Your, right? your students do get stressed out. Yeah, when they, they do. Like, when they like, don't know the, what high school they're going to be put into yeah, or whatever. And they're, they're, I bet the synapses in their brain are firing in the same way for people who are realizing they're not going to be able to make their rent their mo- that month and they might get kicked out of their of home. Of course, right? but there's a way to do that. Like, Do you remember when we were watching The Sandlot and we were like, this movie did such a good yeah. job making the beast feel like this like yes. eight foot dog and then you later see but they 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 put you in the mind of a child in that way where this film did not this film didn't put you in the mouth of a a child an adult 
uh, an excited watcher. It, it really did. I saw one article that described it. It was like somebody body snatched Disney with this film because nothing about it felt Disney-esque at all. There was no like yeah. magic and wonder. It was just bad CGI and poorly developed characters. And I'm really trying to think about when's the last time I saw a Disney film with poorly developed characters. Like they typically at least get that right. Yeah, I think this was at a time where like Peach Dragon was coming out, Alice in Wonderland. Like they were hmm. doing all these... Do you remember this? They were doing all these remakes did of these movies. Did you see Peach Dragon? The, I did I, not. I've seen the original one. I but. did not, but they were remaking these films with like hyper CGI. Oh, like the BFG. The BFG also that. came. Do you remember? And they sort and of no all came out films. together. And like Steven Spielberg did the BFG. And it was bad too. Go see what they got on Ryan. Not that we care, but. Yeah, 74%, see. so not 74 terrible. 74 is better than goddamn. I, I, I can't see if you watched a wrinkle in time and enjoyed it, please write that on our Apple podcast rating. Yeah. But this I, I BFG also hear. came out in 2016. So I think uh, they were trying to do something. I don't Pete's dragon. Yeah. T- Pete's dragon came out in 2016. It, it looked like Disney tried to push out these films it's and like, a wrinkle. Remake, so Pete's dragon BFG and a wrinkle in time all came out at the same time. And flopped. Oh, A Wrinkle in Time came out two years later in 2018, but you know, it within that same era, era, they were probably being made together. And there was just like no urgency at all, like oh, which sucks because sort of like Interstellar had a similar plot. It's like this father goes away, and on this planet, like it's been four years, but in the father's world, it might have been like two weeks. But they just did not nail like so that when Meg did eventually find her father, we were like. It's like, well, we knew she was going to find him eventually. And it wasn't even a fight to the finish. She walks into this room, sees like, oh, hey, dad, grabs his hand and they walk out of there, essentially. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I guess Charles Wallace was being possessed at one point by the it. I guess they're trying to explore. Yeah, he had a lot of lines. Which I remembered apparently in the the future um, books charles wallace is like super important for the universe like he's going to be the most intelligent person ever and if the it got control of him they can use his mind and his power to you know result in great evil so that there's this question of you know really intelligent children being incredibly cruel or the importance of having really um guiding loving parents and teachers to help very intelligent children i remember that being a theme a little bit from the books when I read mm-hmm. them, but you know, yeah, they weren't serving Charles Wallace as a very intelligent kid. They me. weren't. Like, yeah. He was fine, but he, like I feel like we know a, a prodigy when we see one. Yes, and he didn't have any of those like awkward social cues, but like it could have highly done more elevated that. diction. Yeah. Anyway, with that being said, Ben, why don't you warp up the show? In conclusion, really talented people can make terrible things, and that's okay. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. Up next for episode 80 of the show, you are in for a real treat, y'all. We interviewed a ghost, a legit ghost. We interviewed Danielle Pinnock of CBS's Ghosts, and she is a riot and a huge mentor of mine. So be sure to tune in next week for this celebrity actor ghostly interview, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.